Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about learning to say no and set boundaries to live our best lives. I'm your host, Heather Drago. You may think because of this podcast that I'm a boundary setting expert, but I'm not. I'm an expert at struggling to set boundaries. But you know what? I'm working on it and it is getting easier. Follow along with me as I learn from fellow strugglers and experts so that you too can start saying no without feeling fear, guilt, or FOMO. Jen Prohaska and Jen Bauer. Jen Bauer is the owner of Jubart Studio and is the best designer I know. And Jen Prohaska is the owner of The Right Difference, and she's the best writer I know. So I like to rope them into everything I do, and guess what? They're here again. (laughs) So we're going to talk about our book club book, Just Do Nothing by Joanna Hardis, who was on last. And um, as you know, I fangirled all over Joanna to the point where we had to like back up and re-record things because I was like rushing in going, oh my God, I love this book so much. And we're so blessed to know Joanna because of you, Jen. Mm -hmm. You introduced her to us. Um, So we got to know her. She's been on three times now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you were kind of behind the scenes, um, a little bit instrumental in helping this book come to life. So (laughs) I guess, kind of, maybe, sort of. I encouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell us what you know. Uh, Let's get... What's the, the goss? <laughs> What's the real scoop? Yeah, tell so us. No, tell the tea. Us. Give us the tea. <laughs> Give the tea, yes. No, yeah, Joanna Hardis has been a client of mine for five plus years. Um, she was one of my first clients as I was building my business, and she had just gone out on her own in her own practice. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten to learn a lot about owning our own business together. Um, but, you know, in just hearing her throughout the years, I've written a couple websites for her, and I help with some of her other content really just drawing out her expertise. You know, I would say, like, you could write a book. And, Mm -hmm. oh, I have nothing more to say. I have nothing to say. Nobody would want to hear it. I'm like, I disagree, but okay. Isn't that true of all of us? We all have this imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. where we're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yes, you do. Yeah. And she talks about that on some of the other episodes that she's done. Um, And I think a lot of it is just because it's so innate to us that we think, well, doesn't everybody know what we know, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as a writer... One of my top priorities is to pull that stuff that you think we all know out because we don't. I mean, mm-hmm. we just can't, right? So, again, over the years, she would say these things, and I'm like, that's brilliant. And she's like, really? It's so simple. And I'm like, yes. So all I did was say, you have a lot to say. Um, the book came from her. You know, she at one point said, well, I'm writing a book. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. You know, I wasn't. <laughs> entirely sure of the direction. I was just like, great, whatever it is will be fantastic. Um, and it is. And so, yeah, I think she has a second book in her. And of course, now she's like, I have nothing more to say. And I was like, ah, I don't think so you do, you know. But um, So was this the book you expected? Um, no, I mean, I had no expectations. I knew, you know, whatever she wrote would be great. Um, but no, this uh, book starts off with a very personal experience where she was ghosted, as you guys know, by... A relationship and that was the springboard for the book and this getting this personal is new for her and mm-hmm. she talks about that right and all through the book she has little personal anecdotes mm-hmm. um, which just help remind us that she's human too and that she's been through a lot of this so yeah no I had no expectations um, yeah it's just a great book I was surprised by that I mean I mm-hmm. I I don't know about you guys but when I I know you and I have talked about struggling to read self-help books Sometimes they're very dry and very mm-hmm. clinical, mm-hmm. and it's hard to relate to, and it just is a slog to try to read through them. And I found myself whipping through this because I just found it very endearing and relatable and, like, who hasn't had 
some of these weird, awkward relationship things happen. And um, and I really appreciated her being so vulnerable and sharing that stuff because she really digs into like true anxieties and what she was feeling and moments of panic. And mm. um, I just really appreciated that. I think that's where I am able to get the most information is when it's a story, like it's a mm-hmm. person's story. Like, I mean, I can read the, the science or the technical or the technique or that you're supposed to follow, but sometimes it's like, you know, it doesn't go go in. Um, but like reading when it's related to somebody's story, it just helps like, oh, yeah, I could imagine that my in my scenario, too, or, mm-hmm. you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very much when you talk to Joanna, like that's comes through in the book. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You can hear her voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And she's got her wit and her smart alecky, you know, when appropriate there. And I think I mean, most of the chapters are titled with these memes that you see. I right? love those. Yes, I think it's funny. I, I like that she says right up front, I hate these things. She I does. hate this like toxic positivity. So I'm going to play with it and we're going to head the titles this way or, or head the title. No, what's the word? Head the chapters. Head the chapters yeah, yeah, this yeah. way. Title Thank the chapters. You. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I hire a writer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. And I just, I, and yeah, they're priceless. They're just so funny and I really appreciate it. Um, so one of the things that I really like about this is, you know, you guys know my story because I've been preaching it to you before there was ever a podcast, is this whole repetition and learning from practice and stuff. Um, any takes on that as far as, like, it's, you know, building these new neural pathways and not reacting when you have anxiety, which is the premise of the I guess we should back up. The premise of the book, if you haven't already listened to the interview with Joanna, is that... Help me out here, Jen. Is that when you're feeling anxiety or, or uncomfortable, often our behavior is based on us trying to not feel that way. Yeah, avoid it, it. Address avoid it, it, avoid it, avoid it, it, it yeah. something, right? And so then her her advice is to not do anything, just to sit with it and kind of sit, like, sit into it or like feel it. Something like, that um, I don't... I, I was waiting for it to show up in the book, thinking that maybe she had heard it or said it. But I, this quote, I don't even know who it's from, but it was embrace the suck. Mm. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is like, yeah, that's it. That's we, it. We had um, Terry uh, like early on, like uh, he's a he was a cancer patient. We oh, actually okay. titled his episode mm. Embrace the Suck. Cause, yeah. Yeah. He he, you know, he was like, this is an ex- I'm going to die of cancer. This is a thing I have. And I'm going to embrace this, even the terrible moments, because I'm getting something out of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, that's a good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead to, of trying to fix it or you know just kind of live through it and figure it out as you're going, like, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I think the whole concept of the book to me <clears throat> is different or interesting because there's so many things right now based around setting boundaries and stop doing things you don't like to do, and you know, like you know, here's your things that you are allowing to have happen, and some of them, I mean, I'm not saying that there's not a good thing with boundaries, but I feel like it's kind of the yeah. opposite of that, where you're like, <laughs> well, you're, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're setting a different boundary you have of that, but it's yeah, just boundary yeah. to me is such a... Uh, it can be overused. Overused, totally. and I feel like sometimes it's used to be like, oh, well, then I don't have to do this, you know what I mean, where it's like, well, maybe you should, you know, it's kind of like, if you really want to do the end goal, you have to kind of live through the hard parts. It's not just going to be, or, you know, like she's different yeah. scenarios where she's like, you know, yeah. it's hard and you have to start with number three instead of number 10. That yeah. was interesting too. Yeah. And and the funny thing, I even said this to Joanna, is that like, I, I went about reading this thinking, I don't have anxiety. I'm fine. I'm to- I've got this figured out. I'm going to read this and it's going to help so many people and I'm going to be able to relate to my family members. And then I started reading it and I was like, oh, okay, I do that and I do this. And I'm realizing it is a lot of the boundary issues I have is because I don't want to feel uncomfortable and I don't want people to be uncomfortable with me. Yeah, and I I think it's important to note that this is not a book for people only with anxiety disorders. Right. Like this is a book where, I mean... Anybody. We all have anxiety. Anxiety is a no- this is something I've we learned. We all have from moments our- where we're uncomfortable. Anxor- anxiety is a normal emotion, just like happiness and sadness, right? right? But for some reason, because it's uncomfortable, we want to avoid it, right? So let it go or slay the whole, you know, whatever. Um, and what this book says is anxiety is normal. 
when you hit that point of discomfort, depending on what you're trying to achieve, she gives you tools how to continuously progress toward what you're trying to achieve while the discomfort is there. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so many people, especially now, it's like at the end of January, you know, New Year's resolutions, like she talks about those in here. She hates Mm -hmm. New Year's resolutions. Not because she's not for change, but because they're usually these big, sweeping, sexy, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in a day, whether I need to or not. Right. Um, As opposed to, well, let's, first of all, is that a realistic goal? Um, You know, is this the time in your life where that goal is actually achievable, right? Um, Which as a mom of young kids, I really appreciate because, yeah, I want to slay the whole damn day, but sometimes my kid gets sick, (laughs) right? Right. And the whole day is gone. And maybe I'll slay in two weeks. Right, right, right. TBD on the slaying. Or maybe when they're in high school, I'll start to slay the whole damn day. I don't know, Yeah, yeah. And to not, for me, it's really helped me because either way, whether I'm I'm resenting the child being sick or resenting the work that has to get done, I'm living in this resentment. Whereas, you know what? This is uncomfortable. What 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 can I do? What is legit? And you know what do I need to do? And then just be. Yeah. Well, you're still slaying. You are. You're slaying. Yeah. The, you're just slaying with your child point. needs. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. And sometimes slaying is surviving. I mean, especially. You know, when you first, I mean, new moms or dads, I mean, anybody with an infant, like, dude, are you guys being fed, clothed, and, <laughs> you know, everyone's doing all right? Then that's slaying. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people would say to me, Jen, this is a time of your life, right? Like, adjust your expectations. So even her saying that, I think, provides some people relief because, especially for those of us who might be type A, you know, we're constantly trying to achieve. It's like, okay. Let's be human for a little bit. Let's acknowledge so that we don't get into this cycle of I am a failure. I suck. Yeah. I'm no good. I'm never this. Yeah. And I think it just helped me realize that like we all have the tendency to not react mindfully to how we're feeling, but to just we kind of have reflexes that we've learned either to avoid or to counteract or whatever. And um so I like her her advice to like intentionally take a moment and actually recognize what you're feeling. I am feeling anxiety. I am feeling sadness. I am feeling rejected. Whatever it is, um, I think you name it um, is is a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. I think that something that, that I kind of thought after reading the book was um, having to be very self aware. Mm-hmm. And that's something that not everybody is, you know, I mean, or in moments you're not, you know, and you can look at back at it and you're like, oh, that's what I was, that's my reaction or whatever. But um, that some of these things and the, the techniques that she talks about, you have to be self-aware. And even she uses examples of people that, you know, she can see it clearly, but the person is not thinking this is, this is them at all until they have several sessions with her or things like that, where it's like, well, you know, like. Are you going to be able to read a book and figure it all out by yourself? You know, it's like I almost feel like after reading it, like, wow, it would be really helpful to have sessions with somebody <laughs> to help me figure out. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, but do, like you have to be very self-aware. You have to be very mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like you said, take a moment back and be like, OK, why am I reacting this way? What is causing me to feel this way? And how can I work my way through it and not give up on what I'm trying to achieve or yeah, at the yeah. same time, one of my favorite parts is she's like, you know, don't get caught up in the why. Because I get caught up in the why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the underlying reason why? And then that will, like, solve everything for me. But that's a rabbit hole unto itself. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm, like, down here in the why, not up here in the just keep going, right? So, yeah, it's tricky. Well, it's like the zoom out, zoom in thing where she talks about, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and look at it differently. And then other times you have to hyper focus on something. And maybe even within the same scenario that you have to do both which is at different levels of how you're feeling at the moment so yeah i like her her just her whole approach to mindfulness and taking a step and looking at things and i find i'm one of those people that i react quickly Mm. whether it's oh i want you to like me or it's oh i'll do this thing for you or it's i've made the decision and i'm going to do it and so i'm really trying to be more slow down and kind of, do I really want to do this? I'm not going to make a decision right away. 
you know, I won't respond right away with my feedback. Like I want to sit with it for a minute. Mm. Um, and so I, I'm finding that's helpful. So um, I could do more of that. I tend to react as well. Yeah. Too. I mean, and lots of people have come on this podcast and they've talked about, you know, in the moment we all kind of fall back onto our reflexes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. flight kicks in. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, that moment to take a pause, take a breath, think about it, say, can I get back to you? Um, I think um, now if I could just apply that to like when I'm feeling something, mm-hmm. then then we'll be getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's where her idea of, you know, tolerating your distress tolerance, right? right. So it's like a muscle, you build it. Mm-hmm. And she's got little ways of practicing. And I just love that. Like it doesn't, I don't have to wait for the big moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And even the exercises that she has. I mean, there's some distress in writing, in answering her questions. You know, what is your why? Like your real why, not the why that you tell everyone that you tell everybody. Like, right. (laughs) What's your like real why? Like, don't judge that. Yeah. Right. So you get to practice in her exercises. You can practice that distress in a safe place because it's just you and your pen and paper. Right. And so I, what, what we haven't said in the sort of setup to all this is like those reflexes, those things we fall back on, which she says, those become your problem, mm-hmm. mm. right? That, that Those can end up in the resulting behavior or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that ends up being disruptive to your life or your relationships. And so, you know, shopping, shopping, <laughs> picking up the Amazon or doom scrolling or, you know, for some you know, eating or, you know, certainly shutting down and, and walking away from someone yeah. and not continuing the conversation. I mean, they're, you know, slamming the door. I'm out, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And there's so, so many, many influencers things. out there. And she would, she says this all the time. We'll say, well, this is the way to avoid anxiety. And it's like, well, first of all, mm. we don't want to avoid anxiety. And second of all, okay, so now you're not going to be able to live life unless you have your special bracelet that you sit here and go like this with. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's... And the oils. And, and, and the yeah. oil. Yeah. Like, then yeah. you yeah. have to come with all this stuff. And like you said, those become the problem. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. now I want to get off essential oils. Right. <laughs> and I also think we have to all accept, like, sometimes life sucks. Absolutely. Being a human being is hard. And um, we're not, not guaranteed to feel happy all the time. And I feel like... And I say this all the time. Like, we, we have this FOMO thing where we see other people on social media and they're they're presenting their best life a version of their mm-hmm. life which is a story they're telling a narrative they're creating and we think well they're all happy mm-hmm. i should be happy and why aren't i happy and why isn't my life perfect and why is my house full of dirty dishes and laundry and um there's something wrong with me yes even for the most i mean i would consider myself fairly secure but there are times when i will be scrolling on social media and those thoughts start creeping in and i don't even realize they're there I'm like, oh, well, their post looks perfect because the camera's right here. Their dishes are right there. You know, and mm-hmm, I'm looking at mm-hmm, all of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was joking with my 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 eldest kid, my, my son, who works for the company. And we work out of my house, right? And then everyone else works virtually. And I was like, we should write a job description like, like amenities include <laughs> <laughs> the upstairs toilet backs up, <laughs> piles of laundry, dog hair. <laughs> just right. because it's like so That's imperfect, you know, it's just the way life is sometimes. And you just have to like, um, sometimes you have to be okay in the mess. Like not let that be the thing that drives you crazy. Yeah, for sure. The, the mess of life, that's sort of the metaphor I'm going with. Um, talking about stories, um, I also like the part where she talks about we tell ourselves stories. And sometimes we talk ourselves into things or out of things and tell ourselves we can't do things. And so sometimes you just have to, like, create a story and, like, jump in and jump in and you know, and kind of make a new story. And um, I always tell the, um, I'd give the example of when I started my nonprofit many years ago, I had to like start speaking in public and meeting the governor and going down to the state house and all this stuff that I'd never done before. And I, you know, previously, if I had to stand up in front and talk in front of people, I would like turn red and I'd be feeling the anxiety (laughs) and get all hot and I would blank out and and so, but I had to get over it, like I, because I, my why was like, I have this mission I wanted to accomplish. And so I started this thing where I'd sit in my car, I'd sit in my car and um, kind of psych myself out beforehand. And I'd be like, today, 
the role of Heather Drago is going to be played by <laughs> Heather Drago. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I would be like, this Heather Drago is totally confident speaking for, like I literally yeah. put on a persona and it got me through and just by letting myself do that and going for it even when I felt uncomfortable, after a while, I became a pretty comfortable public speaker. I was able, I, you guys know, I can walk in a room, I'm like, hey, I'm Heather. Mm-hmm. Like those stories we tell ourselves or those voices, those those intrusive thoughts we hear in our heads about we can't do this or we can't do that. I think um, that's another muscle we have to build is telling ourselves new stories. You're the storyteller, so. Although I know that's one of those phrases that's overused that yeah. you like, but. No, for sure, What do you though. think? I, no, it's key. I mean, so much, the phrase living out loud is coming to me right now. Like so much of why I talk to people in my life, you know, is because so they can call me on those stories, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. And you were talking about, oh, it makes me want to go and, you know, have an ex, like and somebody to talk to. And I, I mean, it doesn't have to be therapy, therapy. I mean, there are, you know, but it's helpful because you, someone else is going to hear my patterns. I'm mm-hmm. not going to hear them. They're too intrinsic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Although some of her questions are designed to pull them out. Right. Right. Um, but even as an entrepreneur, you know, we've had many discussions where I can say, OK, well, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And it's like, well, if you're always doing that, then, you know, you were complaining about that last month, too. Like maybe it's time <laughs> to do something. Oh, I was. Oh, OK. Like, yeah. great. Yeah. I need I need that for sure. I mean, but, how many times as business owners have different pairs of us had conversations about this thing is happening. How would you handle it? Or, and then we start talking about these patterns we fall into or these common themes we, we find ourselves in as, as business owners or as working women Mm -hmm. or moms or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Or people with spouses. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Mm. And that's where the boundary setting comes in. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had several people in business, you know, say, but, well, you need to set this boundary. Oh, I didn't know that was an opportunity, right? And I didn't know I could do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, yes, because if you don't, you're going to get what you've been getting. And then it's like, okay, well, that's uncomfortable, right? Okay, well. How do I change that? How do I work through that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, at so many times in my life, and maybe it was just how we're raised, you know, I thought, well, I had to have all my ducks in a row before I do X, Y, Z. And what I've learned and what this book really hits home is, no, you get X, Y, Z by just doing, right? So, And the ducks will end up in alignment eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or not. Or they, or they turn into <laughs> frogs or frogs, whatever. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like being uncomfortable while laying that boundary, like that's something that I have learned over the years. Like, okay, I'm laying a boundary. I'm shaking. Whether it's personal or professional, I'm nervous. I'm tapping. I'm taking deep breaths, but I'm still setting the boundary mm-hmm. or sending the email, mm-hmm. right? Or doing whatever and just not trying to avoid that. Yeah. Just being uncomfortable. Yeah. And then your example of speaking, eventually, I hope the boundary setting gets easier. Yeah. <laughs> so they say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with two gens. Two seconds. Uh, in a few minutes. We're back. We reset. Um, so we feel like one of the most valuable parts of this book, Just Do Nothing by Joanna Hovitz, um, is where she talks about resistance behavior types. And this is part of the book where I was like, oh, wait, I do that. Oh. Um, and and like you said, it's not having these kinds of behaviors or these traits or whatever, um, or these kinds of reactions thing doesn't mean we are a certain kind of thing or we have a certain kind of disorder or anything like that. It's just common behaviors people have when they feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I, I like labels because it simplifies things for me. It really right? helps like if I understand. Just yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I have to remember that, like you said, we all do some of this, right? I mean, everybody needs to resist yeah. on some level and it doesn't 
define mean you completely. It. You're not. Right. This is not you. This is a behavior that you're you're expressing. Or yeah, the yeah, right but, word. Yeah. Well. Okay. So the first one is avoiders and people pleasers. Ding ding ding. I'm on that. I'm on that too. But when I read through it, I didn't feel like I gravitated as much. I, I mean, I can be, but it wasn't the highest one that in the list. Yeah, I think it's something I've I actively been working on. Mm. But I know that like that was my default, right? Um, you want to describe what it is? Oh, you people pleasers. <laughs> um, oh, like I'm fine shutting down, disconnecting, deflecting, or projecting. So like when the heat is on, avoiders and people pleasers avoid. I've definitely had some of this. For or sure. just going along to get along. Yeah, absolutely. that was me. Yeah, yeah. Which is a hard one because sometimes you need to just go along to get along, right? Yeah. Like you have to know when. Well, and, and when to compromise yeah. and when not to. And she would say, like, "What's the function of my behavior?" Right. So, like, am I going along because I'm trying to avoid something? Then let's talk about that. Am I going along just because I really don't care where we go to lunch and I'm just going to mm -hmm. be easy? Okay. I'd rather everyone be yeah. copacetic and getting yeah, along. Yeah, it's not that important to me. Yeah. That's where yeah. that self awareness it's comes yes. in. And, and, where it, and where, it, if it's chronic, yes, mm. then you've got a problem. Right. right. Or if you're not doing what you want to do or value mm -hmm. by giving, constantly giving in, then that's a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the next one is crowdsourcers and reassurance seekers. I see this one on social media all the time. You just this need thing validation happened, for how you're feeling. Or, you know. Or your parenting. Yeah. I'm good mom if. Yeah. I, I'm doing this thing or, yeah. Or I even see almost like the uh, the uh, Reddit thing. Am I am I the asshole? Oh, yes. <laughs> Which I enjoy reading, I actually. I do enjoy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give you the task of explaining what it is. Okay. Um, these are people who have trouble making decisions. They question themselves, and they always like to get second and millionth opinions just to be sure. I definitely know. I'm thinking of some very specific people in my oh, life. Oh, I, I know. People and they're like, do. they'll repeat the scenario five times, and I'm like, oh my god, just make it a decision. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, this helps me sympathize and empathize a little bit more, right? Because it's so like, what if I'm wrong? What yeah. if it's the wrong choice? And I, I can get, I get that. I, I am one of those people that um, I, I don't like, I have something I'm working through. I will talk about it with one or two people. I'll talk about it with my spouse, maybe one or two, you know, dear friends or something. But I don't, I don't go and talk to millions of yeah, people. But I get exhausted by it. And I just want to like sit on it for a minute, you know, and then I'll come to whatever decision. I have a friend who, who, in, in their defense, they get into some pretty sticky situations and then want to hash through and like every conversation is 45 minutes to an hour. And at, at a couple of times I've gone, well, who else have you talked to about this? And then there's like a list. <laughs> like, So, you know, they're spending a really inordinate amount of time talking about this with everyone. And I'm like, well, what did they say? You know, and um, so I've kind of gotten a little impatient with with them. And so this kind of helped me kind of feel a little more empathy Mm -hmm. um, and be a little more patient. But then also on the other hand, like, <laughs> right, right. Like, get on with it. If you ask but, yeah, they have to decide that. You can't decide yeah, that for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, comfort zoners. These are people who are weighed down by inertia. Inertia for whom the pain, I can't, I don't have my glasses on oh, either. sorry. <laughs> for whom the pain of staying the same has not yet outweighed the pain of change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So these are I, this. I could fall into this. This is like I definitely do not. I know I should be. Um, and I talked with Joanna about this a bit. I know I should be physically more active. I should be doing things for my health. Um, I know I should. I'm heavier than I've ever been. I know I want to make sure I don't get cancer again. All those things. Right. And I'm doing a lot of the preventative things. But am I exercising as much as I should? No. Am I eating more sugar than I should? Yes. Um, and why? I, it's fine. There's really no, like, you know, pain associated with it yet. Mm. Although I know it, it could be down the line. Um, yeah, I kind of fall into that trap a little bit. 
numb outers. This was me before recovery. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all me. So these are people who shop all. or For me, that's how I mean, drink or I overate. Or... I binged and I drank and I smoked some things and I just like, I watched movies because mm-hmm. it was too uncomfortable to live life. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, addiction is a different beast, Theme, but like, but yeah. in looking back, okay, what are some of the reasons why I used the way that I did? It was, com- life is too uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I numbed out completely. Yeah. Well, not completely, but. And I think there are people who cope, you know, they, you know, video gaming all the time or somehow succumbing to whatever entertainment or whatever, um, just basically turning off the worries. Right. Putting it in a box and coming over here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. And I, and you know what? I will say, to be really honest, I think I kind of did this with work for a long time. Mm. You know, and that's it, easy because it's productive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm building it. I'm hustling. I'm building a business. I'm working 18 hours a day. And then my husband's like, hello, you have a family. Hello. Are you going to eat dinner? Um, so this is something that is a, is a, it's a little painful for me, like to stop at six o'clock and be like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. I'll come downstairs. And eat dinner. <laughs> um, but I'm making myself do it because, you know, I do need to. Have a life out because your why is more important than the discomfort. You want to have those relationships. Yeah, with your absolutely. Family. Yeah. So you're willing to go through the discomfort of shutting things down at six, even though your brain's like, "Wait, there's more work. There's more work." Yeah. It's been, you're saying, "Okay." The hamster wheel's still going in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. exactly how this works. Like. Yeah. Okay. I'm, and it's probably once you transition, and you're hanging with your family, then and you're I'm like, on the couch, and I'm like, "Wow, I'm really tired." Right. I didn't realize how tired I was. Right. Oh, I'm really enjoying this TV show. Like. You know, and but, you're being present but, in that moment. But at the, yeah, but to stop working, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it causes you distress. Yeah, but you're building that muscle. I'm trying. Yeah, trying. This is a fun one. Dumbo's feather holders. So this is like the magical thinking people. I got my bracelet. I'm okay. Mm. I got my bracelet. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. How else does that manifest? It's like the the crystals and the. I can think yeah. it could be anything, honestly. Really? I don't know that it has to be, you know, you could just... Any of the woo I feel stuff better when be, I have yeah. my blue sweater on or, you know what I mean, something mm-hmm. like that where you just feel like, my lucky pants or... <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it's a like you, You're secured yeah. in whatever it is. It doesn't have to be like... I mean, like it could be just in general life, you're, you know, you, you need X to feel comfortable so you have to have it and it becomes a crutch. Yeah. I also think maybe that, that like if I only have this these things in place first... Mm-hmm. Like this, these things have to happen, and then I can do. That's almost mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no. But it almost like I feel like without those kind of things, where it's like you keep adding more to it because mm-hmm. it becomes like, oh well, I did all those things quickly, and now I'm I'm supposed to do it, and I'm like, or I'm supposed to go be do whatever, and you're like, hey, no, I need to do this first too. You know, like you keep adding yeah. to it, yeah, because it doesn't work, right? right. What you re- she says all the time, what you resist persists. So like the more that like at somebody like I have panic disorder, so I will still get panic attacks here and there. Get on an airplane, sure fire. It's I start to it's just something I live with. And when I start to fight it, like, oh, no, no, I can't do this. I can't do it. Boom. Full flown panic. Mm. And I'm like, all right, we're going to have a panic attack. It's cool. I'm feeling the heat. The heat's coming. I'm going to have a panic attack. It's fine. I don't have a panic attack because I'm not fearing the fear. Mm. Really? So you're like naming it. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah, Yeah. It's approaching. And then it kind of. Sometimes I'm like, bring it on. And then <laughs> because wow, it's like, I got to I gotta welcome it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's super uncomfortable mm-hmm. and all the intellect and all the whatever knowledge avails me nothing. Oh, sure. But I got to welcome it. When I gotta the feelings be like, Here it comes. come in, all the knowledge stuff, all the intellect turns off. Right. Yeah. And, and we're making decisions. And that's why this all happens. Right. We're making decisions in a different part of our brain that doesn't understand logic. Right, the amygdala, the yeah, fight the or amygdala. flight. Yeah, amygdala, yeah. So this is like way off topic, well, but kind of relates, I feel like, in the Divergent movies. I don't know, did you you see those? This is a while ago. I but where the, I've seen the Divergent movie. I'm, I'm I almost 55 now. So I oh, okay. I watched both. I did both. <laughs> okay. Read, read and, and watched both. But nice. um, the main character, she's able to, like, they put them through these, like, tests where they hook them up to all kinds of sensors and they put them in these scenarios and they it's like they're actually living in them. But she is very easily able to not like and she's able to defeat whatever she's put into and because she can kind of pull herself out and realize that it's not real. 
mm-hmm. even though everybody else that does them can't do that, and they they're baffled by her. But it's I, this makes me think of that That's where you're really kind of good, like yeah, you're kind of like yeah. um, you know in the situation you have to pull back and be like okay, just let it. And that, that was one of the things she would do. She would just kind of like calm herself and was able to work through it. And then she was out of it quicker. And I'm like oh, so identifying it. Detaching a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. detaching a little bit. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. That is the same concept, really. Yeah, absolutely. You're just welcoming what it is. You're not fighting Very cool. Yeah. Procrastinators. That's me. Yeah, me too. I have some of that, for sure. Yeah. And it's funny. Sometimes it's little things, you know? Yeah, it's like the dumb things that you're like, I just do it. And then you're like, oh, but, yeah. (laughs) I have all these other things. And it's like, I find myself... In a, if I, if I, something comes in, which is part of another problem, if something comes in, I'm like, I feel the need to just do it right now because if we don't, then I'm going to put it off and I know I'll put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off longer. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's like the dumbest things, even like making a phone call sometimes, like mm-hmm. even if my family members or something where it's like, I just need to call them about, you know, what the plans are for the. Do you put a do it in your head though? I'll do it in my head 10 times. Oh, I've called them already oh, yeah. in my head. Well, How many yeah, times have you said that to me? You're like, did I email you back or did I just imagine yeah, I did that? Yeah, because I do it in my head like almost obsessively and I'm like, just do the Right, yeah, thing. I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Compulsive self-helpers. I do know a few of these. There's always a new diet. There's always a new gimmick. There's always a new workout. There's always a... But as soon as it gets too uncomfortable, they're out. Yeah. It didn't work. I'm not so much that, but I can yeah. see... I can see. Yeah. I used to be this because the anticipation of starting on Monday mm. that gave me com- that I was comfortable then. Oh, like of the, the excitement. Anticipation. The excitement of, the of it building up to it. But I then... knew I was going to make the change on Monday. Mm. So I'm okay right now. And then what happened on Monday? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, was there something I was going to do? <laughs> so on the topic of procrastinators, as a marketer, one of the things... I'm always thinking about is how to remove barriers to potential buyers because I know if I go to do something and it becomes difficult and I'm uncomfortable, I will stop and I'll be like, I'll do this later. So like if someone goes on your website or someone's on your app or whatever the thing is on your social post, your LinkedIn, whatever, and you say, click here to do this thing or sign up for this free thing. And that suddenly becomes a complicated, difficult mm-hmm. thing. Then the person's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Um, and so like this, per, people don't like to be uncomfortable people and people will put off things. And then when people put off things, we forget to do, to mm-hmm. do them or follow through. So, or you just stress about it forever until you actually do it. And then you're like, oh, why didn't I do that sooner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Very true. Okay. Um, good vibes only. No negative. Nope. Good vibes only. No negativity folks. This is. The person who's all about positivity. So this is the toxic good Mm -hmm. vibes only. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I always rail against sort of the um, the hustle broke culture as a business owner of like, you got to get up at 5 a.m. and you got to jump in the ice water bath and you got to do the thing and use this journal. (gasps) Sounds miserable to me. Ice bath. And like, how many years did I beat myself up of like, I cannot get up in the morning before 7 a.m. I'm sorry. I cannot physically cannot um as you know i like don't like to schedule a meeting before 10 a.m because i am not coherent um (laughs) yeah you know but how many times have i heard you know you just need to work more hours you just need to do the thing you got to be doing this and you got to be doing that and i'm um um yeah i don't buy it and so and i think it makes people feel bad yeah and when people are like like i've gone through some serious things and been told things like oh well you know you'll be fine well, yeah, I mean, of course I'll be fine, but like, can we just be okay with being sad right now? Mm-hmm. Like, even when my kids cry, I'm like, it is okay to cry. Mm-hmm. Or when they watch a movie, both my girls are very empathetic. So mm-hmm. like, if they're watching a movie and they're crying, they'll be like, well, why am I crying to this movie? I'm like, you're supposed to be, I'm, you're supposed to be crying right now to this movie. You'd be a sociopath if you were Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Mom, what's a sociopath? Right, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's I, okay yeah. to be, it's more than okay. It's necessary. How do yeah. we know happiness if we don't know sadness? Right. I think I kind of fall into this category, too, and I think it's been a, a lesson to learn to kind of, with, especially with the kids, too, where it's like, you know, you got to swoop in and fix it, make it better, mm-hmm. make it, you're not sad, you're not, I'm like, like, okay, well, it's okay to be sad, as long as you don't, like, what are the, there's a phrase about unpacking your suitcase and live there, you know what I mean? Like, right. you, if, as long as, you know, you work through it, and then you get to the other side. Yeah. So I think for me, a little bit of that is like, 
you know, just feeling like I don't have to be, you know. It's hard to see your kids hurt. Or oh, even yeah. myself, too. I mean, like, get out of yeah. it. You're okay. You're fine. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. You're good. I don't it's have almost, time for this. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a form of numbing out and putting things in a box. It's yeah. like, I'm only going to feel good. I'm going to turn that off. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually it catches up with you. Oh, yeah. And all you're doing is letting it build up and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that's yeah. why stress is so like such a big thing for people, especially women, because we do keep it inside and then your mm-hmm. body starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's got to come out somewhere. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I said this when we talked last time, but like my daughter's funny. She's super witty and whatever. And she was irritated with something and she was like, mom, I don't need your Pinterest post right now. Like, cause it was like, <laughs> you know, cause I have a lot of phrases and sayings that are probably all these, you know, I won't yeah. hang. I don't really have them hanging in my house, but like, I, I'll look at them every once in a while and be yeah. like, blah, 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 you know, try mm-hmm. to inspire myself, whatever. And she's like, I don't need one of your Pinterest posts. Like <laughs> she would love Joanna. <laughs> Joanna would say that's a mug saying. <laughs> Get your mug saying. I don't need your damn Pinterest book. Right. Yeah. That's so funny. Next one is optimizers. Anyone do that? These are the people who try to avoid ever being uncomfortable or distressed by optimizing every aspect of their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. And this is, you know, where she talks about, you know, the function. Like, okay, so now I've started to say, all right, am I optimizing this because there is some discomfort or because I really truly need some efficiency in this Mm. area, right? Or am Mm -hmm. I optimizing because of a story I'm telling myself, like I'm not good enough or because I truly want to progress Mm -hmm. toward a goal or a value. I feel like you guys have both have said you're kind of type A people and I feel that's very, fits in with that type of a personality. Absolutely. That kind of like having to make sure everything is perfect and lined up and And I figured it all the, you know, I've researched and researched. Or even little things like I'm always trying to optimize my space, my living space, Mm. right? And Mm. I'm always trying to like reorganize where the food goes and the this goes and the shoes go and the... And the rest of my family is like, everything was fine. It was fine. (laughs) Now I can't find it because you moved it somewhere. Where are the granola bars? What is happening right now? Um, You know, why can't I get this thing out of this drawer? You put it in a weird box. Like, you know, and... And so everyone else is fine. So I'm like, why am I so controlling about this? And, you know, is there something else I need to be doing? So it's funny. I'm definitely Mm -hmm. a sorter. Like, I like things to be in their place. But then, like, even in my office, it's like, it just kind of starts off that way. And I'm really good. Everything's, you know, I'm keeping up with this and that. And then it's like, it falls back and there's piles of crap everywhere. And I'm just like, I, like, walk past it. (laughs) Stop seeing it. Yeah. 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 Um, micromanagers, and I'm in parentheses, controlling behaviors. Guilty. That's me. Um, we're not talking about abusive relationships or controlling, you know, toxic controlling situations. Um, this is someone who might control their relationship with you so that there is never any discomfort, never any friction, right? Mm. Um... I don't know. Maybe this isn't me after all. I'm pretty open. What do you think? How would you define it? I think I can fall into this. I wouldn't. I don't identify that with this as much as the other ones. But I do think, um, for instance, like if you know my daughter does video calls with friends, if I can overhear them, I get very nervous. Like, well, what if they say something mean about somebody? Or what if they say this? Or what if they say that? And it's like. The micromanaging then would be to go in and be like, well, there's no call, like we're done with the call or whatever. And, you know, and I've started to back off and notice this a little bit and be like, this is their private conversation. They're nine. They're going to explore things. And nothing has ever happened, by the way. Mm -hmm. And everybody's being raised, you know, to love, love, peace and tolerance, inclusivity, all those good things. Right. Um, And if somebody makes a smart aleck joke or whatever or says my mom's being a pain in the butt, you know, like it's okay. Right. It's okay. I'm just so nervous that I want because what if I'm not raising my kids to be kind and loving adults? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like that. And I think what some of this says is, okay, she's they're going to be kids. They may even say something cruel. Right. Just let it go. But hopefully you're teaching them the skills that they can cope with it or they know they can come to you. And it's a private conversation. They're joking or whatever. You know, I'm just that uncomfortableness of are they going to be good adults? Like, <laughs> I, I, she's not. Yeah. So I think I have a ways to go. But, you know. So I think my controlling behavior and micromanaging behavior is I don't want anything bad to happen to my kids mm. or to anyone in my sphere, right? Mm. And so I'm always kind of, so I have this story, and um, hopefully my sister-in-law will be okay with this, but I have this 
beautiful nephew who, um, when he was younger, was very into dolls. And it had happened to be a family collection that he inherited, and so he's just really into them. And he would have dolls all the time. And one time, um, our whole family went out to a restaurant, and we were waiting for our table, and he was holding a doll, and it had, like, rainbow hair or something. And this other little boy came up to him mm. and was his, and he said, is that your doll? And I'm standing there like, hmm? Like, <laughs> what are you going to say? He said, is that your doll? And and uh, my nephew said, yeah, that's that's my doll. And the little boy said, is it a mermaid? And my nephew said, no. Why? And then the little boy, and I was, like, literally about to, like, jump in and, contr- and like, separate, thinking he was going to get bullied. And the little boy said, because mermaids are beautiful. <laughs> and that was a moment. At that point, I would have started crying. I, I, I literally got choked up. And I was like, little kids are okay. They've got it right. It's, you know, what we do to them. And I and so it's like I've had to learn to kind of like now with my older adult children, um, you know, like one's in college and things happen. And, you know, roommates have disagreements and things. And I have to like trust that they'll figure it out. It's not up or to me come to, to you. fix their relationship all right. the time. Or they'll, right? this is, I have to wait to be asked. Yeah. You know? I'm like, but I have an opinion and you should want to hear and it. I were, and <laughs> I overheard what you were saying or and what I they were wise. saying. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's not up to me to teach them everything. Sometimes they have to figure it out. Right. Um, and then wishful thinkers. This is kind of like the if things have to be things have to be a certain way for me to be happy, or if only things were this way, then I would be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used and to that, do this a lot. Yeah, and I know people who do this and, daydreaming, and they really it really gets you stuck. Oh yeah, there are times when in my life where I don't want to get out of bed because I'm just imagining how life should be. Right, and I'm like, well, this is not reality. Like, get up and. That's when I start to get into this, very rarely does this happen. But if I start to daydream, I'm like, okay, what am I unhappy about? Is this something I can control? I'll talk to my trusted friends, right? But like bring it out into the open, bring Mm -hmm. it out into reality. Because otherwise in my head, I've changed everybody. And of course, they're all doing what I want them to do when I want them to. (laughs) Of course, yeah. And and I'm, you know, 300 pounds thinner just because that's the daydream, right? Or like whatever. Um, It's like, okay, well, let's take this into reality. Yeah. What's really bothering me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we idealize other people like mm-hmm. we talked about mm-hmm. before. And I and I, I know there was a time in my life where I would do this wishful thinking, if only this, if only, you know, that relationship was like this or we had this or whatever. Um, and the way I got around it, I think, uh, was just gratitude, being mm-hmm. grateful for what I do have. And, and even if, you know, my life is imperfect like everyone else's, um, I'm grateful for what I have. Like kind of the control of things you can control. And, yeah. Yeah. Now, do we still complain about our spouses to each other? Yes. <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> Just kidding. Not yes. Right. I mean, do we, I mean, you know. Or like her. People like, are annoying. But. Or she talks about, you know, that she has a client who always thought about college. I found myself doing that. Like, man, if I could just go back. Mm-hmm. Like. And it's okay. Like the glory days, like living, living, living here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. mom and daddy were footing the, I, you know, was very privileged. My mom and dad paid for stuff. It was so much easier then. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, I think it's okay to reminisce, but you're right. If it, if you get stuck in that and it becomes a way of life. There. Don't always, yeah. Yeah. Then, then you, you miss never, what's in front of you. Yeah. And you never take action or move forward. Right. Yeah. And it's also not reality in that, like, Nothing was perfect then, you know. Like yeah, you, you fuzzy, things. you fuzzy memory That's of what a very you good think. Point. Yeah, you, yeah. Like they talk about with childbirth, where you remember, like, you know, the, you don't you block out some of the painful stuff and right. remember the the wonderful outcome, you know, like right. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You forget. But yeah. there's a back to another movie. Um, I think it's it's Adam Sandler, and I think it's called Click something with mm. some remote. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Where he fast forwards all the uncomfortable parts in his life to get to the end, and then he realizes he's like fast forwarded his entire life. Oh, kind of I a... never saw that one. Oh, okay. But now wow. I want to. That's so true. That's very good. Very, <laughs> yeah. Very good. Insightful. Yeah. 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 Adam Sandler. Profound. Oh, yeah. Who knew? <laughs> um, <laughs> any last thoughts about this wonderful book by Joanna Hardis? I just think it's super helpful for everybody, anybody who is who wants to make a change, you know, and finds themselves unwilling or unable for whatever reason and that it's okay to say you know what 
I'm doing enough over here. Like you were saying, you know, should I get to the gym? Okay, yeah, okay, well, maybe not now. Maybe not right life. now. Like, it's okay, mm-hmm. right? I mean. I just, there's yeah, always, okay. to me, it's such, always comes into my head with any of these kind of topics is like a balance of, you know, where you're at and what you're doing and where is that balance? Are you too far over here where you're stressed about this and then you swing back to the other mm-hmm. side where you're, you know, maybe not doing setting boundaries or whatever, you know, just kind of. Yeah, there needs to be a balance of all of all in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think it's helpful. You know, again, I, I approached this thinking it wouldn't really apply to me. And then I really, you know, it really helped me identify some of the, the behaviors I'm doing. And, and there are things I want to do in my life. And am I am I am I getting in my own way? Mm-hmm. And so like being able to recognize those things. And I think a lot of people just like get stuck ruminating and worrying and if if you're one of those people that find yourself you know kind of in that situation this could be very helpful yeah so. for sure and it's easy it's not like oh you yeah this is earlier. a quick read yeah and there's little questions there like it's just easy. yeah little exercises you just can see all my little flags i have little yeah. exercises i'm gonna do and, and she's funny yeah she is funny so so thank you joanna hardis for a wonderful book and thank you jen and jen for coming on again yes, and letting me you. rope you into this again And you're always wonderful to talk to. And uh, we hope you'll read it. And we'll be announcing soon what the next book club book will be. Thanks, everyone. Okay, so that's it for now. Thanks for listening. That's a Hard No is a production of Clever Girl Marketing, my little agency in Cleveland, in partnership with our friends at Evergreen Podcasts. Many thanks to our amazing team, including Maura Del Rosario, our production and marketing coordinator, Noah Fouts, our amazing producer, editor, and composer who wrote our theme music and performed it with his band, The Big Leagues, and our new video producer and editor, Kay Holmberg. You can find show notes and resources on our website, and you can find other fun stuff on our socials. We're Hard No Podcast, and we're now on YouTube, so check us out there. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms, but especially Apple. Can you please do us a favor? Give us a rating and review so more people can find us and learn how to say no. So until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no and say it with me. That's a hard no! Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.